Shall we begin? Let's begin now. All right, folks, welcome to a brand new episode of the Frankly Francisco podcast. I am your host, Francisco. I hope everybody enjoyed last week's episode. Um, this week's episode, um, we're going to get a little bit more intimate. Um, this topic is near and dear to me. We are in a culture now where everybody wants to self-identify something. Proper pronouns, people want to be you know, labeled as something or not labeled as something. So I thought I would bring this topic up, especially from you know who I am and where I'm from and my background. So as many of you know, uh, I believe I've said it before in one other podcast, I am Puerto Rican. Specifically, I am New York Rican. Um, there is a difference, apparently. Um, some people on the island feel that uh, people who are not born on the island are inferior and they're not really Puerto Rican, which to me irks me very much. Uh, and this is the topic that we're bringing up today. So growing up, I didn't grow up in the Caribbean. I didn't grow up with cool breezes and chiba trees and the song of the coquit. You know, I grew up on an island, but my island, you know, was made of glass and steel as high as the eye could see. All the green was from the park right in the middle of the city. Um, and my sounds were from passing trains and city traffic. My island is diverse. Um, we come in all colors, but just like Puerto Rico, um, it's you know riddled with uh, colorism and racism among our own people that continues to be problematic to this day. You know, all our ancestors wore chains around their necks. You know, they still bore the scars from forced labor. Um, but the disconnect from the past and the present still is still a problem. You know, in those days, if you had lighter skin, you had more rights and more opportunities than other people that were darker than you. Um, and today, it, it can be like that as well. Because if you go to Puerto Rico, there are certain parts of the island which are poorer than other parts of the island. And those poorer parts of the island seem to be people of darker, you know, complexion and melatonin in their skin. Um, so back in those days, uh, back in the days of Christopher Columbus, back in those days when the conquistadors came to rule, you had inter intermingling between uh, races. So you had Tainos that mixed with uh, the slaves that were brought to the island. You had Spanish conquistadors that took on Taino wives and Voila, you had mulatto, okay? And that's what they referred to back in the day. And mulattoes were considered upper class below the Spaniards, but above the African slaves and the native people of the island. Um, so being taught growing up, you know, the lighter you were, the better chances you had to make it. And some of these people in Puerto Rico still have that barbaric, type of mindset where they think the lighter you are, the more beautiful you are. And to me, that's nonsense. We come in all shades. We come in all colors. But I want to be specific here. Um, not all Puerto Ricans have African ancestry. Not all Puerto Ricans have Taino ancestry. Some Puerto Ricans strictly have European ancestry. So I want to make the distinction so people don't you know, get offended because, you know, we're in a culture where everybody's hypersensitive about everything that we talk about. And, 
people want to feel like, you know, everything that we say doesn't have to be um, a touchy subject. So, but that's how I, I view it when it comes to Hispanics, Puerto Ricans um, on the island. It's a mixture of different things, and I want people to understand that. But as we go forward, um, our culture is still, you know, still rampant with racism, still rampant with colorism. You know, my great-grandmother was as black as can be, okay? She had, she was of African descent. She was also of Taino descent and Spanish descent. So I have melatonin in my skin. I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud of where I come from. So it irks me and it bothers me when I have people from the island telling me that I, I, I'm not truly Puerto Rican. And so so be it. I call myself New Yorican because I'm a Puerto Rican, but I was born in New York City. Um, I take pride in who I am. I was raised to take pride in my culture. I was raised to take pride in what we became. But a lot of Hispanics do not like talking about the past. They don't like talking about what happened to us in those days. They don't like talking about the tragedies and the tribulations that we went through. All they want to talk about is what we built from those ashes that we rose from, you know, and we built something beautiful off those chains that were placed around our necks from the diseases that nearly wiped out the first people and from the language that was not our own forced upon us to learn. We rose to be a vibrant and full of cover, um, created new sounds and rhythms, blending the sounds that existed on the island with that that was brought by the ships carrying Spanish crews and the people's uh, they thought to be property. We thrived, not survived. You know what I mean? People forget Puerto Ricans have been U.S. citizens since 1917, you know? But the people in the island get treated like we're a foreign country sometimes, and that is a problem uh, because we contribute like any other American should, whether it be military service, entertainment, art, sports. We are proud to be Americans, but we also like to represent our culture that was built off so much cruelty and death, okay? Um, and I think Puerto Ricans sometimes get caught up in, in the fact that, you know, they want to be independent from the U.S. You know, they want to identify as their own country. As long as the Jones Act is around and that it's going to keep Puerto Ricans from, you know, having their own independent country, but at the same time, there's so cor much corruption when it comes to that island, it's not even funny. You know what I mean? And colorism and racism plays a big part in that corruption as well. You know what I mean? Certain parts, if you look at San Juan, San Juan is beautiful. You know what I mean? Houses go for a million dollars, a million two, because of the colonial aspect of it, because of the history there. But there's other parts of the island where it's just poor. You know what I mean? You think uh, Venezuela, you think, you know, Colombia, they're living in shacks. You have people in the island that live in shacks too, just nobody talks about it. Nobody talks about it. There are poor people everywhere on that island. They just don't stay. We just don't hear it in the news. You know what I mean? And a lot of those poor people are of darker color. A lot of those poor people are mistreated. You know what I mean? One of my favorite rappers who's not rapping anymore is Tego Calderon. Um, you know, he brought this to light a, a long time ago. Um, and he brought forward, you know, what was happening in those certain areas. He came from an area where it was just predominantly black Puerto Ricans. You know what I mean? 
people think, you know, they want to erase history. Puerto Ricans try to erase his. You cannot erase our history. You know what I mean? The only difference between the blacks that were brought over to the U.S. and the blacks that were brought over to the Caribbean is where the boat stopped, man. You know what I mean? There's black culture in every single Caribbean island, period. There's no denying that. You know what I mean? The slave trade was alive and well, you know, but we intermingled, you know, with the natives on the island. You know what I mean? We all became something better. So for other Puerto Ricans to treat darker-skinned Puerto Ricans the way they do, to me, is ridiculous. I still get stares. You know what I mean? I'm 41 years old. I'm proud of who I am. I'm proud of the life I built for myself. My mother's light-skinned. My older brother is very light, very fair, light-skinned. I'm out of my, you know, three brothers that I have. I'm the most light, you know, most dark-skinned out of all of them. And I take pride in that. I love my color. You know what I mean? And when I get stares from other people who are light-skinned Puerto Ricans and they just look at me like they've never seen a dark Hispanic before, it, it gets ridiculous, you know. Um, I don't take offense to that stuff. I never have. People need to understand that everybody wants to feel included. Everybody wants to feel like they're part of something. And with my culture, we're a part of something. We're part of history. Our history is rich. It has, um, you know, great artists, great musicians. I mean, just the number of famous people that came off that island and the number of people who contributed to this world being Puerto Rican is out of this world. You know, we get one month a year in September to celebrate uh, Spanish Heritage Month or, you know, Hispanic Heritage Month, whatever they like to call it. The same thing with Black History Month. Why? Why? Our contributions go way beyond one month. We should, you know, it should be taught in American history because we are part of American history because we are Americans. And a lot of people need to get that through their head. When Hurricane Maria came and all the damage was done on the island, people were up in arms because they didn't want to give aid to Puerto Rico. And this tells you how uneducated a bunch of people are. We've been U.S. citizens since 1917. That, that hasn't changed in over 100 years. Um, we contribute just like everybody else does, but yet there's certain rights that we don't have because of the Jones Act that's been placed upon us. We cannot have any other country come in and help us for any reason. We have to wait till supplies are delivered to the mainland in the U.S. and then brought over to Puerto Rico because of the Jones Act. Okay, And the corruption that went on on that island, it didn't help either. You know, it, it just, it frustrates me to the utmost because I want to take pride in who I am. But just like everything else, you know, sometimes you just have to deal with the situation at hand. You know, when I grew up, you know, if I saw a, a darker skinned Puerto Rican kid, my first assumption was that he was just black. He was just a black kid. Like, why is he speaking Spanish? But that wasn't the case. You know what I mean? There were kids who were darker than me that spoke better Spanish than I did. <laughs> and as a kid, you know, when you're growing up in that environment, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. When we grew up, we didn't really hang out with Dominicans. We didn't hang out with, you know, uh, Mexicans. We just didn't do it. That's not how, you know, things were done back in my day. It just didn't happen. You know, I. but the older I got, 
we grew up, there was a Mexican family that we loved and I still consider family today. There was a Dominican cat that in the city that I knew that we used to play ball every day. You know what I mean? As things go on, you learn, you know what I mean? And you learn what's valuable and you learn what people are, are valuable. And everybody's valuable, no matter the color, color or race of that person. And I think sometimes people forget that. You know what I mean? I'm not a danger to anybody. You know, when people look at me, sometimes they, they are scared. Some people look at me and they, you know, automatically they view me as a threat. You know, it doesn't matter. doesn't matter if I'm not doing anything wrong. You know, it's just because of the color of my skin. It's just factual. You know what I mean? You know, I get told all the time. <laughs> I get told all the time. You know, I work in the financial world and when people come in, you know, they take a step back, like, because I'm a big guy. I'm 6'3", over 300 pounds. So when people look at me, sometimes they're a bit intimidated. And I think that's a bad rap, you know. I think sometimes that doesn't help me, you know, when it comes to certain aspects of my life when I'm trying to get ahead. But we adapt. You have to adapt. Because if you can't adapt, then that becomes a problem, you know. I'm New Yorican. I take pride in the fact that I'm New Yorican. You know, growing up, I never thought I'd end up marrying a Dominican wife. I have a Dominican wife. My children are biracial. You know, I poor Dominican babies. You know what I mean? And there's nothing wrong with that. My kids are going to have all the advantages that I didn't have growing up. My kids are going to have all the culture that they need, and they're going to know their history. My kids are not going to know colorism. They're not going to know racism by my hand. They're going to know that, listen, Everybody's on the same level with everybody. You don't look down on anybody because of the color of their skin. You don't look down on anybody because um, of their background, of where they grew up, who they are. Never judge anybody. And my issue is with these Puerto Ricans from the island, man, they really do look down on people who are not born on the island. Um, and it, it gets annoying. It really, really does. You know, my mom was born there. You know, my uncle was born there. A lot of my family was born there. But where do they go? They migrated to the U.S. You know why? Because standard of living was better. Jobs were there. And she felt she can get a better life. And she did, you know. Because of her, I am where I am now because of the stuff that she instilled in me. But at the same time, history wasn't really taught to me by my mom. None of that stuff was. You know, there was times where I wondered why my mom is so light-skinned and my grandmother and my great-grandmother were as black as can be. I, at the time when I was young, I didn't understand it. I didn't get it. But none of that stuff was taught to us growing up. You know what I mean? We are a multicultural people. Black, native, Spanish, from Spain. You know what I mean? You even have some Chinese in there from certain people that, you know, Chinese came to the island as well. You have Jews that are mixed in as well. So our island is very diverse, you know, it's, it, it, we're, but we take pride in what we are now. People don't understand. The, our music has African rhythm to it, you know what I mean? Our music is built on several different things. We have rhythm from uh, African music. We have rhythm from the Spaniards, you know what I mean? We have rhythm from um, the natives that were on the island, and... I think people don't realize all that is meshed together and we created something beautiful from that. We're, our culture is very vibrant. We're very, you know, 
we're very proud people. I think everybody in the Caribbean is. The Dominicans are very proud of who they are. The Haitians are very proud of who they are. You know what I mean? Um, Jamaicans are proud of who they are. We built that off of the pain and suffering that our people went through, you know, back in those days. And I think the reason a lot of people don't like talking about what happened back in those days is because there's pain behind that. But we have to go through that pain in order to move forward. In order to create something that we created, but in a way, I think we don't fully understand or the history is not being taught and not fully understood by people in this generation about what went on back in those days. You know what I mean? Puerto Rico was taken over four different times. You know what I mean? The U.S., the Spanish, the uh, Dutch as well. Um the reason that we're part of the U.S. now is because the island is situated perfectly in the Caribbean. Um, and during the war, they took over the, the fort there, you know what I mean, because of where the island is. It's strategically placed in the Caribbean Sea. So we're never going to be free. The island's never going to be free, you know. But we're never going to be officially part of the U.S. as a state either from from what I see and most of Puerto Ricans now, there's a big contingent that want to, wants to be a state. But there's also a large contingent that wants to be independent. But for right now, I think we're just stuck in limbo where we are. But we still can educate future generations on the past and what happened. We can still educate our young on how diverse our culture is and how diverse it can continue to be. You know what I mean? We're creating an entire generation of people that don't know their history. You know, Spanish is one of the largest languages in the world, but a lot of these kids today are not learning the language. And I'm kind of guilty of that myself because I try to teach my kids how to speak Spanish, but the kids got to want to do it. You can't force a kid not to do something he really doesn't want to do. I can tell him to study Spanish all day. If he's not going to pick it up, I'm not going to sit there and berate him about it. You know, so you have to want to learn it. You might want to, you know, pass it on to your kids, but some kids don't want to learn. You know, my kids are going to be proud of who they are. You know, I want them to understand what their culture is and the things that went on in the past. And I want them to learn every day. So we try to teach them something about the culture, the food. My sons, are, I'm trying to teach all of my sons how to cook. They'll stand there in the kitchen and watch me cook. Even my wife stands in the kitchen and watches me cook, you know. Um, cause we all have different ways of doing things. My mom's taught me how to cook since I was young and I take pride in that. I take pride in, you know, the culture of cooking from the Island and, and things that we adapted, you know, plantains, um, you know, the meat, everything that we've created and everything that we blended together, um, to learn. And the goal is to continue to teach, uh, my kids about the past and continue to teach them about the lineage that they have and understanding that we all come in in different shades and colors and there's nothing wrong with that, uh, not to look down on anybody. I think one of the biggest issues that we're facing right now as um, a people is I identifying ourselves. Um, there's a movement right now for a new term that for some reason, um, me personally, I, I don't want to adapt it. It's not that I want people not to use the term, but it's not something that I can see myself using. I don't like the label. 
Um, it's the term Latin X. Um, some people use the X to replace the O and the A at the end of Latino and Latina because they feel it makes you more inclusive because you have people who are non-binary. You have people who don't identify as male or female. So they use the Latinx label to make themselves feel more inclusive, which is fine. Everybody has a right to feel how they feel. But to me, that I don't think that's a word that's going to be adapted into the lexicon. There are a lot of words in Spanish. There are a lot of words um, from the Caribbean that are not Spanish that were from the first people that have been adapted into the lexicon. Barbecue is a Taino word. Canoe is a Taino word. There are a lot of words that were adapted into the lexicon today that were from the first people on the island. Um, as many people know, Latin um, is based on the language that is spoken, okay? It's not doesn't identify as a people, but a lot of people use it because the language can be male or female when talking, and it's Latina and Latinos is very inclusive. I, myself, do not use the term Latino or Latina. I call myself a Hispanic. Um, I've always called myself a Hispanic. Um, I just don't like that term. So, you know, when I identify myself, I identify myself as a Hispanic. Always have, always will. And the whole Latinx movement, you know, for some people, people get so mad over the word, uh, especially people who are, you know, doesn't have to be Puerto Rican. They can be Mexican. They can be Venezuelan, Dominican. I mean, just the forms that I've seen and the arguments that I've seen over the word, people get very, very frustrated over it because they feel they're trying to ruin um, the Spanish language. But people need to remember something. Spanish language is not our own. That wasn't our original language. You know what I mean? We had a separate language on the island. Um, you know, you had the African language. You had the Taino language. Spanish language was forced upon the people of the Caribbean, period. You know, and I know change has to happen, but a lot of people are not willing to adapt to that. Like like I said, to Easter own, everybody wants to be felt, you know, everybody wants to feel inclusive. Or everybody wants to feel like, they're involved and they want to be respected about who they are. But Latinx for me is not a thing. It's, it's never going to be a thing for me. But I saw a video on Facebook. It's by a group on, fa on Facebook and they have a YouTube channel. It's called Pedal Like. Okay. They're very, they, you know, they're right into our history and, you know, they try to be as exclusive as they can be. But I think they try to push this narrative that Latinx is a thing for everyone, and it's not. One of their videos that they posted was um, 60 Latinx musicians that you didn't know. How do they know everybody on that list was Latinx? Did everybody on that list identify as Latinx? See, and I think the problem is when you start pushing that kind of narrative, all you're doing is putting everybody back into a box, it's fine. People who want to call themselves Latinx, God bless you. It's your right. You want to feel included, and that's how you feel included. I will call you by whatever pronoun you want to be called by. But when you have influencers like Better Like that has a large audience and continuously try to put every single Hispanic, Latino, 
in that box of Latinx, to me, is doing a disservice to everybody because now you're not being inclusive. Now you're category, uh, categorizing everyone into that box. And <laughs> to me, that's not cool at all. If I want to identify as Latinx, I will say I want to identify as Latinx. But when you're posting videos, constantly posting videos, and putting all Hispanics and Latinos in that box, I think that creates a problem. And I think that creates a divide. Be specific when you're talking. Be specific in your language. Hey, this specific artist is identifies as Latinx. But don't say 60 artists are, are, are Latinx artists. You don't know that. You don't know if every single one of those artists identify themselves as Latinx. And I think it's kind of ridiculous that they're still trying to trying to push that on people and trying to push it into the lexicon, which it's not really sticking. You know, like maybe 30% uh, or less use that um, label. And a lot of Hispanics and a lot of Latinos don't like it. Um, but like, again, to each their own. I think we need to create less division within our own people, you know, and build on the cultural aspect of the things that we can do as a people. You know what I mean? Like I said, Afro-Latinas, you know, don't like being called Latinx. They like to be called Afro-Latinas. You know what I mean? Because they have African ancestry, but they're also Latinas. You know what I mean? So they, they don't want that label as Afro-Latin-Latinx. Uh, that just doesn't make any sense to them. Um, and I've heard this a lot, and I've heard, and I've seen, and I've read arguments all over the place over this word. Like I said, for anybody who wants to be labeled that, bless you. That is your right. Uh, like I said, we're in a culture where everybody wants to feel inclusive, and you know we have a right to feel how we feel. But please do not try to push words on us that were not created by us. This is not a word that was created by the Spanish language. This is somebody trying to fix a word because... They don't like um, the the A or the O at the end of the word because, but what people don't realize, Latina and Latinos is supposed to be inclusive, but some people don't feel that way. With that being said, anyway, um, we need to continue to learn about our cultures. Uh, we need to learn how to get along better. And this is for all Hispanics and Latinos, you know what I mean? Mexicans, Puerto Ricans, Dominicans. You know, we all have our backgrounds. We all came from suffering. You know what I mean? Dominicans was the same thing. Dictatorships. You know what I mean? The island of Dominican was ruled by, you know, by the, the French and the Spanish. You know, Haiti was ruled by the, the French. You know, and then when Haiti freed themselves, what do they do? They go over to the other side and they rule the Dominicans. And I think a lot of the, the animosity from Dominicans to the Haitians has a lot to do with that history and the narrative that was pushed, but we all come from the same background. We were all created, and we were all brought up in a history of violence, in a history of slavery, in a history of mistreatment, but we built beautiful cultures, man, and we have to embrace that. We have to embrace who we are, because if we cannot embrace who we are, then what's the point? We have to show respect to each other. You know what I mean? Puerto Ricans need to show respect to Puerto Ricans that were not born on the island. We are the same. The only difference was my island is Manhattan. Your island was Puerto Rico. You know what I mean? Or like same thing with Dominicans. I hear it all the time. My wife hears it all the time. Well, you weren't born in DR, so you're not really a Dominican. Are, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? 
because she wasn't born on the island, stop it. You can't judge somebody and tell somebody they're not who they are because of that. It doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? So who I am, I am the rhythm of the African drums as it beats filled the air and we danced around the fire. I am the hardened steel and the conviction of the Spanish conquistadors who were determined to rule the world. I am a warrior with the blood of the first people of the islands. I am all those things. I am proud of my lineage, but embracing it was never at the forefront of my life because I was raised to be proud of being Puerto Rican, and that was all I cared about. It was not about black or white. It was about pride of the people in our culture. But as I got older, I learned there's more to that. There's more to me than that. There's more to my history than that. So I embrace all aspects of my life. I embrace all aspects of my culture. I know who I am, and I'm proud of who I am. My kids know who I am, and they're proud of who they are, and will continue to push that forward. You have to. Then what's the point? What's the point of being here if we can't all learn from each other and all respect who we are in one form or the other? There's no other way around it. I'm a New Yorker. Okay, I'm the best of both worlds because I was born in Manhattan and the flag that I fly, which is the American flag and the Puerto Rican flag, both represent the red, the white and the blue. I'm a husband. I'm a father and I'm a brother. That's who I am. And I'll continue to be that. Thanks for listening, folks. Have a great day. We'll see you again next week.